Thanks for tuning in to Start With Scripture, a Hesed Heart podcast. I'm your host, Audrey Grove, here to bring you scripture reading and application that can fit into your morning routine and your busy schedule. Learn more at hesedheart.com. Good morning, my friends. Now, today is going to be kind of part one of honestly more of a two-part episode because we're going to talk today a little bit about a a topic that can be misinterpreted because the truth is that as we look at our world, there are things that are fact and that are truth, and then there are different applications we have with that truth, and that turns into further different beliefs. People take that application and then they make a belief about it and based on it. And this happens in our world in a plethora of different issues. And when you think about something going on and you know it is a truth, and then people have different takes on that truth. And I'm not saying this about all circumstances, but in some circumstances, some of those applications are just not biblical. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today and tomorrow. Because Paul, today, we're going to see him sharing truth. But the thing is that some people twist this truth into something that is not biblical. So let's go ahead. Let's dive in. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14, and I'm reading from the ESV. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. And remember, yesterday we talked about this idea that we can flee and run away from idolatry in freedom because our God provides not only a way out, not only provision, but also grace as well. I speak as to sensible people, judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. And there's a lot that you can go into here just with this concept and how it applies to the Lord's Supper and communion, regardless of your view. We see, we see truthfully that in the Lord's Supper, we are participating and we are, in a sense, you know, joining with Christ's body and Christ's blood and we all become one body and I kind of like to view it as we're one body with the same blood running through us and that's Christ's blood and so we see something very real and very impactful happening with the Lord's Supper but he is sharing this here not to get into a debate about what communion is and what it means which I think is another one of those things where people have different beliefs on it but He is showing it here as an example that, in a sense, communion, the body and the blood of Jesus through the bread and the wine, that is similar to sacrificing on an idol in the sense that it is real and it does something. And that's the comparison I think that Paul is trying to pull at here. He goes on, consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar 
What do I imply then? That any food offered to idols is anything or that any idol is anything? No. I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. And so here he's coming back to that initial truth that we heard a long, long time ago, back in the very beginning, where he was saying, basically, we know that idols aren't anything. We know that they aren't real. We know that there is only one God, and he is laying out this truth. But just like we participate with God, we join with him in a sense. That's the same thing that happens with other beliefs, in this instance, pagan beliefs, as they sacrifice on the altar. No, I imply that what pagan sacrifice they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? And here is the truth that Paul is laying out. Those pagans, they aren't sacrificing to some other god. They're sacrificing to demons who are in opposition to our God, the one living God. And you cannot both be living for, be joined with, be participating with demons and our Lord. God is a jealous God in that he wants all of us and all of our hearts and and we're not supposed to worship other gods. And so this here is the truth. You cannot do both. I do not want you to be participants with demons. Here is the truth. And the application of this truth is where things get a little tricky. And I think most people would read this verse and in the context of everything we have just read so far, they might even say, well, this is saying that you should do what Paul did. Remember a few chapters ago when he said, I I don't do it. I become all for everyone. I, I avoid these things if it could hurt someone else. That's what I feel led to do. I'm not even going to touch it if someone else has an issue with it. And now an application of this verse could be, see, see, you're not supposed to do anything that anyone could potentially have a problem with. And we're going to see tomorrow that that application is actually not what Paul's talking about. That verses like this, which seem crystal clear, even kind of clear, seemingly in only half the context, the context before the verse, they can be misapplied. And those misapplications can actually be really harmful to people. Because misapplying God's word does not further grace and love and the gospel. But it furthers fear and guilt and shame. And that's not what we want to be doing, right? And sometimes it's so hard when you are on a side of an issue, when you're looking through the lens of your application and you're firmly planting your beliefs on that, sometimes even your identity on that. But that doesn't mean (laughs) that that application is helpful or even biblical. 
And I think, honestly, this reminder of recognizing our application of the truth, that it can change how we're seeing the world, that it can change even how we're seeing the truth, that we need to be mindful of that in all walks and all areas of life. One area where I see this very clearly is the area of science, right? We see the fossil record. Those things are a true thing. You can see it and it's how people interpret it that changes. And especially with science, we know that one interpretation and application is biblical and many others are not. So just be mindful. Even as we are viewing this truth, be mindful of the lens and the application that you are using to look at the truth. Because as Christians, our lifelong walk is going to be this almost battle with ourselves because so often we have a tendency to look at scripture through the lens of our ideas, our applications, our culture. But really, our applications, our ideas, our culture, those all change. They're all in flux. And so we want to be consistently throwing out that lens and instead using the lens of scripture to look at our culture and our ideas and our applications. And that I believe, really, truly, on a deep level, is the work that we Christians have to do on an individual level on a very regular, if not daily, basis. Am I looking at this through my own lens or through the lens of Scripture? So with all of that said, tune in again tomorrow for part two as we see the biblical application of this truth, and I'll see you then.